Five weeks, and I will have not once super produced your intro. I apologize. What do you mean? I had said last week I should be like super producing. Like, welcome, welcome, welcome. Brought oh. to you by letter, and I, I just never did it. So, oh well. That would have been too much work <laughs> for this week. I mean, it would have put more work into it than they did in the movie. Ho! Oh, oh. Uh, could we be talking about a certain movie? They did put a lot of work into her wig. Oh my goodness. And the part when she's looking at the computer monitors, it just looks like a mop on her head. It is a mop on her head. <laughs> uh, anyhow, so yeah, welcome to Behind the Hype. I'm your host as always, Brian Dressel. With me as always is Chewy Dartho and Darso. Oh my god, I'm just going to start that one over. <laughs> no, I'm not. Fuck it. And Jonathan Hardesty. <laughs> Hard- Hello. Hardesty. Hard- Dempsey. Is it Hard- weird that I've noticed the longer quarantine has gone, the less I can speak? <laughs> like my enunciation skills are just dropping like every day that's what isolation from the outside world will do to you yeah, isolation and talking to a toddler all day like you just start losing words and it just starts to do that bah, 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 bah. <laughs> anyhow iron man 2 is the movie of the week yeah it's a good segue right oh yes um but the final week of scarlett johansson month is here five full weeks of the best of her career Mm-hmm. This movie brought her into some movies that were some of the best of her career. That's true. Yes. Um. So before we start diving into Iron Man 2, we will do a quick where have they been doing. I watched one movie. I know John was going to try to watch another one. I watched Ghost World uh, and it was fantastic. Uh, it's always been a good movie. It's still all the parts that kind of made me go when I was a kid or younger still made me go maybe a little bit louder than normal. Bad Uh, decision. Bad decision. Oh, Steve Buscemi, you're gross. Thor Birch, you're, you're also gross. This is just wrong. Steve Buscemi's (laughs) not gross. He's sad. Sure, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. And she, which makes it gross. Yeah. Which kind of makes it, it's all just kind of, um, but honestly, when I was a kid and I saw it, I was like, no, Thor Birch is awesome throughout this whole movie. She does what she wants. She takes no shit from nobody. And then as watching as an adult, I'm like, no, Thor Birch is awful. She's giving shit to everybody. Yeah, every, she is the worst. She's the most toxic person to be around. And Scarlett Johansson's character, how oh, I already forgot her name, I'll just watch this thing yeah. beyond me. Um, but Scarlett Johansson's character is actually a normal teenager moving on to the rest of her life. And seeing those two friendships just get, com- or that one friendship just get completely dissolved because one person's stuck and refuses to move on with their life, and the other one wants to get a job and an apartment and become an adult and go to college and all these other normal, not normal is the wrong word, but expected things and things that she was kind of looking forward to. And the other one's like, no, we, we rage against the machine. Rage. <laughs> and just oh, seeing all that was like, as an older person looking at two teenagers as opposed to a young kid looking up to teenagers uh to two teenagers is a very different movie and i'm glad yep. i rewatched it and scarlett johansson is fantastic yeah. in it that makes me want to rewatch it now too after hearing you say that because i always wondered when i first watched this like i wonder how this will change uh viewing when i get older or when i become that responsible adult so you know quote unquote yeah but yeah so that was uh ghost world john what did you have time to watch uh jojo rabbit 
Uh, yes, I did. Um, I had a couple other options in mind, but I uh, still had an, a, the ability to watch Jojo Rabbit at no cost, or some of the lesser ones were uh, costly. So, you know, it, the math was right. Anyways, um, yeah, I think out of all the Scarlett Johansson movies we've seen in this session, uh, Jojo Rabbit's my favorite of hers. It's I just love I love her performance, and it goes back to what we were talking about. Oh, I forget which week. Um, actually, no, uh, last week with Under the Skin. Just the thing that her performance was doing for us in Under the Skin. Just she really brought a nuance and a very interesting aspect to it and our frustration with rough night being that she can't be funny and yeah no like if you were worried about rough night go watch jojo rabbit and again i I can't say too much more because otherwise i would dive into spoiler territory and Uh, i'm not going to do that i greatly appreciate that so iron man 2 yes (laughs) iron Uh, man 2 i have warmed on this movie so much since it came out <laughs> and i still think it's the worst of the marvel movies it's not oh, yes. very good it's right. kind of boring it's mm-hmm. too long yep. i have nothing but complaints about it yep so that says what my initial reaction to this movie was was just fuck no and as it's gone on i'm like oh there's things to enjoy here it's not the worst movie ever made and the worst marvel movie is better than the uh, the worst dc movie i could say yeah. Looking at you, Catwoman. Oh, oh. <laughs> Come on. That's Oof. not fair. It is fair. Is that really a DC movie? It's a DC movie. And so is Superman for the Quest for Peace. I love DC more than most people I know, but I am not going to shy away from when it deserves a shot, it gets a shot. Oh, yeah. Quest for Peace, man. Just what a big capital woof. <sighs> so, yeah. Iron Man 2. Clearly better. Cat- I- Catwoman is on the list a very short list of movies that I watched for at least a half an hour and eventually went, there's no reason for me to keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. Um, where were we? Moving into Iron Man 2. Rough movie. Yes, Iron Man 2. And just, it's, it's yeah, it stands up against some of the worst of the DC you were saying, but still, man, what a chore. <laughs> And the the funny thing is, as we start getting into it, is that this movie, like, if you look in the making of this thing, it gets even harder to kind of hate it because you just start feeling bad. Oh, I haven't seen the making of. Is this, oh my is this something that like, I can watch easily? Not as poorly. no. You have to read it. It's not something you can uh, you can look up. I'm it sorry. Was, it oh, okay. didn't have as many bad notes as Batman and Robin did, but it had just as much meddling. Well, it had tons of meddling. They had to start throwing in more and more Avengers stuff because they wanted to get the Avengers started. Uh, they had to uh, cut out the majority of Mickey Rourke's part, even though he had put months of prep into his character. He had gone to Russia. He'd gone to a Russian jail. He wanted to figure out what Russian mobsters liked, what they didn't like. He found that a lot of them liked birds. So he's the one who insisted that his character had a bird. Like they did so much work. And then he found that most of his character had been cut out. Like there was just problem on top of problem. There was no script. They had no shooting script when they showed up. Oh boy. Like I didn't know any of this. They had, uh, and then they had their lead actress all set and ready to go. Emily Blunt as black widow. And she went, Sorry, Gulliver's Travels is making me shoot, so you have to find somebody else. So she went and did Gulliver's Travels, and then they got Scarlett Johansson. Is she really considered the lead actress in this movie? I mean, I guess not. 
she was the big promotion though of like look we're bringing other superheroes everyone knew roadie was coming everyone knew roadie was coming at the end of iron man you have the terrence howard before he's don Cheadle uh-huh. uh stare at the metal suit and go next time it's like okay cool so we're getting Sorry, war machine next movie not for you yep. not for you <laughs> terrence howard <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we knew he was coming. We did not know Black Widow was coming. So that was the whole like, oh shit, Black Widow is going to be in the movie. I love Black Widow. And then when I saw it the first time, I'm like, that wasn't Black Widow. Mm-mm. No. And now I've really softened on that critique. <laughs> really softened on that critique. I mean, it's their version of Black Widow. Yeah, but that their yeah. version of Black Widow is... Never mind. I'm just going to leave that. One. I was going to say it's consistent. It's not consistent at all. No. She changes wildly between movies. She oh, yeah. Up. No. <laughs> the through line is more of a roller coaster than a. Uh... <laughs> I still <laughs> always have the hang up of look at this bright eyed 23 year old. Did you know she went through decades? or whatever, long time of severe training to become an amazing assassin that she had a really illustrious career as that amazing assassin. She, she's 23, but she sounds like she's been working for shield, shield for, a for a while. So what, when did she do all this? <laughs> yeah. Cause this takes place before, uh, where's the place that she's with Hawkeye? Oh, Nigeria. Budapest? No, not Nigeria. Budapest. Budapest, yeah. Budapest. You and I remember that place very differently. That whole thing. So this had to take place after that. So she's already fought a war, I guess. For S.H.I.E.L.D. For S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, so... But that's where I'm like, it's a comic book. Yeah, I know. Why do right. you want to get hung up on that? Like, the, like that's a choice to get hung up on that. <laughs> I know, but it's still well, funny to me. Yeah, and it, it, it struck it, me. That, and that didn't, it. honestly didn't bother me as much until we got to Age of Ultron. Okay. And then I'm just like, come on, guys. <laughs> You're ma- yeah. How old is she supposed to be when she's getting this operation? <laughs> when did she have time for any of this? <laughs> and I just go, yeah. comics. Yeah. I'm fine well, with Well, that's the thing is, like, those things didn't bother me in this movie so much. Because it was like, these movies were still young enough to where it was like, let's just use comic logic for now. And then we'll work it out later. And uh, yeah, I can kind of respect that. Just like, hey, you know, we're in this new territory. This is kind of a risk. This could go, this could fail. Yeah, she's a you know she's got a storied a long and storied career as a twenty year old, you know. <laughs> you she's know, hot. Whatever. That's the end of the story. Right. She was really hot in this. She's movie. still really hot. Yeah, that's she's very always true. hot. She's Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, that uh, capital H O T has not changed. <laughs> um, but let's talk a little bit about Scarlett in this movie. Then I just kind of want to talk about Iron Man two because somehow that's like the only Marvel movie we haven't covered on After the Hype. Um, I, that's crazy to realize. Yeah, I mean, unless we did a long time ago, like past where I can Google search it, because I did search to see if we'd covered it, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, But yeah, so let's talk a little bit of Scarlett Johansson, because this really was, if if you were a film fan, you definitely knew who she was before she got cast. Uh, If you weren't a film fan, like a big movie buff... You might have been vaguely aware of her. She was attractive. She'd been around for a while. She was one of the girlfriends in The Prestige. Yeah, like you might have like like an idea of who she was, but she wasn't exactly a name. She was like a minus celebrity. She was kind of a a, that girl, like a quote unquote, oh, oh, that girl in this movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had been a fan for a little while. I know a few people had been as well, but it, it wasn't, she was not at the global superstar that she was after this movie. Um, so really, the the main reason, not the main reason, one of the big reasons why she is successful today is Iron Man 2. Um, 
And I honestly don't believe that if she, I honestly do believe that if she had been bad in this movie or hadn't been engaging, they would have either recast or her character would have fallen off. But people really attached to Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow and they did it early. Because she didn't just pop up in the next movie. She popped up in Avengers and then Captain America and then she just started popping up in In all of them. All of them. Yeah. Like people wanted more Scarlett and they wanted more Black Widow. And I think that really had to start an incredibly strong place. And between her and Jon Favreau, they found a character who was not the comic version of Black Widow and I took a big issue with that a long time ago. But they found a version of Black Widow and they did a great job bringing that to screen yeah the part when like her intro i love watching her facial expressions when she gets into that ring with happy yeah uh, and her paying attention <laughs> yes. to what they're talking about over there and then happy kind of trying to like antagonize her and then her just immediate takedown like he's not even antagonizing her he's like he's like negging her a little bit yeah Oh, you, you, you're a big, tough girl. Yeah, you want to want a box? Yeah. You know, you know, I'm a boxer, right? You know, yeah, I'm a bodyguard. Like, yeah. you can't... Oh, God! And she's, <laughs> and she's not paying attention to you because she's inexperienced because she knows you don't matter. Yeah. Right. She's not Sorry, Happy. Because you are the farthest thing from a threat. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, what's that joke in Captain Marvel? Threat assessment, low, and Fury's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, uh, if Fury was low... How low is happy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Happily at the bottom. But there is something to be said, and like you'll notice it more if you watch uh, Chef, the John Favreau movie that he made um, to cool down from being in Marvel for so long. Um, but his and Scarlett Johansson's friendship is clear, and it just shines on screen. Like it's one of those things. Like it's like her and Mark Ruffalo. You get them in a scene together on screen. It's like. Holy crap, these two have chemistry. Hmm. Like, you can just see it. And it's right there with John Favreau and, uh, and Scarlett Johansson. And I think it's great in the scene in the boxing ring. And I think it's great in the, the limo later. And the whole storming the facility. Like, I love that he's fighting one guy for the entire time. And ha! she takes out fucking everyone. He's like, I got yeah. him. And she's okay. She's not even in the room. She's gone. That's- she doesn't even give him, like a, like, a pat on the head. Like, Good happy. Sorry. <laughs> That's interesting that you mentioned that. <laughs> That's really interesting that you mentioned that because I, I, I didn't connect on that when I first watched it. And now that you mentioned it, I'm looking, I'm thinking back to the movie. I haven't, like, I haven't seen Chef. So I'm going to have to check that out because, yeah, there's something there with Favreau and Johansson. And it Chef really is a shined. Good movie. Chef there's, is. Do you want a nice little palate cleanser where there's, like, very little to almost no conflict? There's zero just, conflict. Yeah, it's just oh, wow. kind of a guy figuring out his life. Yeah. And everyone's really supportive. Yeah, no, it is just a very happy, non-offensive, enjoyable film. It's yeah. kind of like taking, like, a, a bath in the afternoon after a bad day. It's a good a movie for day. the whole family. Yeah. No, okay, yeah. Except there is a sex scene, kind of. With Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. <laughs> because, so if you don't want... Like I said, they have chemistry, and lo and behold, he wrote himself a sex scene with her. Yeah. I know some parents <laughs> don't like seeing sex scenes with their kids. So. It's They stay clothed. It's not very graphic or anything. Yeah. They just kind of they just kind of hump at each other. Yeah, but then questions. That's a, that's a very frustrating way to put it. <laughs> hump at each other. They just hump at each other. <laughs> okay, so it's a very Puritan version of sex scene. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, but kind of circling back to Iron Man 2... Um, one of the things that I will say about Scarlett Johansson and uh, and as much as she had chemistry with Happy and and that's great in this movie and then pretty much never comes back throughout the rest of the MCU, even though Happy does come back here and there. Um, 
And although her character will vary in tone, in mannerisms, in likes and dislikes, wildly between every Marvel film, the one thing that stays constant, and why I almost said that Blackwood is more constant, is her relationship with Tony. They set that firm in this movie that she will tolerate Tony. She sees his worth as Iron Man. She does not like him as a person. (laughs) And that does not change throughout the rest of the MCU. She will respect him as a hero, respect him as for the job that he does, does not want to hang out with him. No. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, you're right. I agree. (laughs) And that stays consistent the whole way through. And I think that's really cool. Like that is something that for having no script, no time, and basically shoved this movie out the door, like without its shoes on, they nailed something that actually stayed an MCU standard, which I thought was actually kind of cool. I mean, he is the poster boy for the lavish arrogant beyond belief rich playboy american yeah and she's a raised communist assassin yeah she he is everything she hates and i love that like her review of him at the end that he's going over with uh, nick fury like it's very uncompromised like the <laughs> like the textbook narcissism and he just looks at it agreed <laughs> <laughs> i will concede that point <laughs> and just the way that she does it at the end like i know this isn't her performance or anything but i just love the yes for iron man no for tony stark <laughs> if he's in the suit he can come over if it's just him he can fuck off <laughs> i forgot that line was in there and i thought that was a great little moment <laughs> yeah it's like i said i think they did the few things they did right with black widow in this movie they did so right i can forgive everything they do wrong um uh, yeah, no, she's it. actually the one that's kind of like, she softened this movie for me watching it. Just yeah. like, oh, it's like, okay, I, I like these things that she's in, all the stuff surrounding her character and the stuff that was established. And I could focus on that, like when the rest of the stuff happened <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, and she has that moment in the, the lobby that I kind of mentioned earlier where she fights all the goons. And I just, like, just going back to for her performance in the movie, because throughout the most of the movie, she's kind of plays two roles. She plays the undercover Tony Stark's and Pepper Potts um, assistant, and then she plays, obviously, Natasha Romanoff. Uh, and when she finally gets to be Natasha, it's so awesome seeing that switch, both in the diner scene with Tony Stark and Nick Fury, when she cures him with the, we'll get into the movie annoying MacGuffin bullshit. Um, Ugh, yeah. We'll get into the movie. I'll stop being nice to this thing at some point. Um, but like that scene there, and then when she takes on the guys in the lobby, and it is so nice seeing her just like let down her guard of this, I am not an assistant. I'm a fucking assassin. Let me kick some ass. And I just, I love after she takes everybody out, or more after her stunt double takes everybody out. Uh, but after everything's all said and done, that fucking confident ass walk out of the hallway when there's just one more guy left and she's like, ah, mace. Yeah. And just no, the that, look that, on her that, face when she maces him is just perfect. What a great shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had fun. It is a great shot. It is. It is funny. It's a good action sequence. It's yeah. a good fight sequence. I still think all. All, 100%, not just shooting at, shooting at Marvel or at uh, Iron Man 2 here. Every Marvel action sequence is overcut. Oh, Blanket well, statement for all 20 plus films. I think they had to overcut that action sequence because she didn't have all the training that she got later on. Sure, yeah. She wasn't so quite, she, yeah. You had to cut around the fact that she, that was a stunt double for yeah. most of that stuff. But even, but even beyond that, throughout the rest of the movie, all the action sequences are overcut. Yeah. Oh yeah, and this pays off in Endgame, which is like the most overcut action scene I've ever, <laughs> yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, so it's like uh, someone needs to just pump the brakes a little bit in Marvel's 
editing action sequences. They're never going to do that. They might. Who knows? I they could be like DC and go like, hey, you know what? Let's change our formula a little bit. Sure, um, sure. And pigs might fly out of my butt. <laughs> they're change the... I don't know. That's not going to happen. It was a joke. I, uh, I'm trying to think of what they would do. and Release a Deadpool movie that's rated R. That would make them a lot of money. It would make them a lot of money. People would be... People would show up just to see the first R-rated Disney movie. You could just not have it under Disney. Like or I've you said. could and release an R-rated Disney movie. I'd be so excited for that. Doesn't matter. Um, it would give something for the adults to watch on their, their streaming oh, service someday. So many things. They could put whatever name they want on it. Yeah. It doesn't have to say Disney. No. Yeah, it could say like Touchstone Pictures or something. Who cares? Yeah. Why don't they just put like the Fox logo on there, but just put like mouse ears on the O. Or on the, <laughs> the, uh, the zero in the 20. It'd be great. It'd be perfect. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that we've not mentioned about Scarlett in this movie? Uh, we've mentioned her her very rough looking wig. Uh, she did good in the action sequences. Did a lot of good stuff with her character. So happy they got rid of that wig. Oh, it's the dumbest hair. It's my least. It's not, favorite it's hair not combat hers. ready. I got to tell you, it's not it's combat ready. It's the opposite. Hair. It's like they have her in combat <laughs> ready hair the entire time she's an assistant, and then the moment she needs to be an assassin, it's like, all right, where's the moose? Where's the moose in the back of Happy's limo? Yeah. <laughs> She's changing out of assistant. You need to style the shit out of this thing. I'm going to be in the back of this car for a while, but I'm going to look good when I get out. <laughs> L'Oreal going to kick your ass. <laughs> um, but is that everything for Scarlet? Because Scarlet, and I'm not just saying this because we're doing a Scarlet she Jones made a month. She is my favorite thing in the movie. pants look really good. She did. Yeah. I, I would argue the two be- three best things in this movie are... Scarlett Johansson, something I thought I'd never say, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Sam Rockwell. Oh, Sam Rockwell's always amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. As I yawn, that Sam Rockwell is always amazing, and I always feel a little bit of guilt that I accidentally got in his way going to the bathroom. <laughs> and it wasn't how even dare worth you? It. Yeah, how dare you? He probably thought I was ambushing him, and I wasn't. It truly was an accident. I shouldn't have asked him for that signature. But then I ended up losing the thing anyways. Yeah, well, yeah. bummer. Yeah. Uh, but we'll talk a little about Sam Rockwell because he is uh, one of the great casualties of the Marvel Disney he's crossover. He's still alive. I, I think he's a. I think he's a victim of the Marvel Disney crossover could, of the Paramount yeah. Disney they could thing. Pull him in somehow. Somewhere. They could. I just don't think they have any interest in him as a villain, well, or even as a side character, because they want somebody big like Claw. Who claws essentially the same thing as Hammer? He's an arms dealer. He just does things illegally, whereas Hammer does it legally for the government. But if they want an arms dealer guy, they want somebody who's big and scary, like Andy Serkis as Claw. They don't right want... after after twenty some movies, the time for a Hammer type character that's a little bit more like he has no powers. He just has he's just a a jerk. Like that time is over for just like another anti Tony, like another Tony Stark. Yeah, but the but the nineties are in. I think he'll come. Make a hammer time joke. (laughs) I think a character like Justin Hammer will be back at some point because I think the end of the world for every movie is going to wear thin real fast. Um, So I could see them doing more of a, like, I forget his name in Winter Soldier, but um, Robert Redford, where he's just, he's evil with politics. Like they could do something like that with he's evil. Oh yeah, being a government employee. Like they could do something like that coming up in a later film. But I think yeah. the the chances of getting Sam Rockwell's amazing Justin Hammer are are slim to none. Uh, Fine. 
but he was great throughout the entire movie. He just had this, the best unearned confidence confidence of like anyone I've seen in a movie. It's something that Sam Rockwell has always done very well already. And it just kind of worked out, but I love him in this movie so much. Oh man. You, you almost made me want to do a month of Sam Rockwell just to have like a good, a really good month through and through. <laughs> oh man, that would be a good month. Too bad. I've already got the next two months already planned. Um, at least I think two months. Definitely one month. We already have the movies mapped out for next month. Um, but well, one might fluctuate. We haven't decided yet. Yeah. The rest are all set. Yeah. Um, but the other villain of the movie, poor, poor. Mickey Rourke. Angry bastard Mickey Rourke. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, poor angry Rourke. Mickey Rourke, to an extent. I've always yeah. heard he's not a joy to work for. That's why I threw in the angry bastard. Yeah. Um, I think Mickey Rourke is one of the most talented actors who has ever acted, and he just got in his own his own way, uh, which is sad. But he was having a bit of a resurgence when Iron Man 2 happened. He had done The Wrestler. He had done another movie I've forgotten about. He did Expendables. He was starting to come back, and then they put him in a Marvel movie. It's like, oh, shit, Mickey Rourke is back. And then they gave him the worst villain of any of the Marvel movies. And they uh, did yep. that by cutting most of his character out of the movie. <laughs> Oh, Whiplash yeah. in Marvel is pretty cool. The Whiplash in this movie is... Well, he's not just Whiplash either. He's Whiplash and a mixture of... Uh, I forget the other villain. But like they they crossed him with another one. So it's like half familiar, Whiplash, half somebody else. I'm not familiar with the other one. Um, he's a Russian villain. Like That's yeah. why Whiplash was Russian in this one. I believe. I could be wrong. Um, but it's so upsetting. Like You get to that raceway sequence with Iron Man and, and uh, what is it, Formula 51 cars and holy shit that sequence is cool yeah like, yeah like even like the reveal of mickey rourke as whiplash is one of the best villain reveals i think throughout the entire mcu like the way that he burns off his clothes by turning on his whips was fucking awesome and then whipping these cars in half and like they fly over all of that sequence was so cool and gets you pumped for the rest of the movie and he spends the rest of the movie behind a keyboard yep yep what not using the them fuck and then when oh. and they he, even and then when they, they even bring start back, the movie it's just the same thing again except you don't see him now now yeah. he's in a metal suit like now Iron he's Man. in a metal suit and he's defeated within five minutes yeah yeah and they even they even start them like start his character arc with the worst like cry <laughs> i've ever heard in the movie <laughs> like i forgot that that happened and i i laughed for a solid minute because it's a, like I was... he's passing a kidney stone <laughs> right <laughs> pp heart uh. that's never bothered me for some reason i i just whenever i see like a guy like mickey Rourke or stallone or like schwarzenegger have to cry i'm always like you never cry in your real life let's see how this goes <laughs> like i get right, excited right. for it this is like, like challenge yeah. accepted yeah <laughs> like you've trained yourself so hard throughout your life that men don't cry no tears let exit my face oh i bet sylvester stallone cries I'm just saying that, like, that's usually, like, I'm, I'm throwing a blanket statement out there, but a lot yeah. of these macho dudes treat them, or train themselves that men don't cry, so when these actors who are macho dudes then have to do a crying scene, it's always just like, come on, come on, I'm so excited for this. So I'm never like, I guess you're right, it is funny, that is why I'm watching it, but I'm never like, oh, that was awful, I'm like, ah, he tried, look at that effort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it just, it's, it's just one of those things talks, that... Uh, the Botox is your... <laughs> emotional barriers <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just one of those things that sets the tone 
that like doesn't like that that action scene you just mentioned with where the reveal of whiplash is like that's so cool but that wasn't promised with that opening of like it's like who is this villain like i didn't even know anything about whiplash but just to have this like okay we're here in this russian like shithole and he's gonna cry and who is he now what what is all this like it was very russian shithole but those blueprints are in pristine condition he knew he was gonna need them later yeah yeah he knew that someday he's gonna watch a somehow an event from America <laughs> where what's his name? Howard Stark's son was going to be on the TV with a arc reactor in his chest. And he's going to need those old blueprints of the original arc reactor to go, Oh, his son made a smaller version of this. Let's look at the original and see if I can do it too. In Russian Siberia. Yeah. I mean, he made the first one in, the desert somewhere that's true in a cave yeah yeah tony stark made this in a cave um that's my jeff bridges in the uh first iron man (laughs) honestly (laughs) at this point everyone should be able to make arc reactors yeah it doesn't seem that difficult no it really doesn't you i I don't really understand the materials you need for them light yeah they just look like light bulbs to me (laughs) yeah talk about another thing that just like this movie gets like there's a there's a level of this technology comes to me easily or I solve, you know, like I solve time travel, like an end game. Like I didn't necessarily like that either, but this like, Oh yeah, I'm Tony Stark. I just created a new element. And like, he's like, what? This is one of the best moments of, all right. So who did this first? Is the chicken and egg thing? Did Tony, did uh, Robert Downey just start doing hand motions? And then they, they animated, they, they it. animated it around it. Or did they tell him what hand motions to do to do for the animation? Like, wait, I can't tell which one was first. And it's even weirder when you hear that there's no script. Because I'm like, there had to be some sort of previs on this, right? Yeah. So this is just Robert Downey going. Or something. Like, okay, yeah, something so to latch onto or use. All right. Whoo! Whew! <laughs> Me, I'm just like throwing my arms around in the air right now. Yeah. Physical gags on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love that sequence. Honestly, it's oh, one of my favorite moments in this whole movie. No, I, I totally agree. I, I get what you're saying. I think you make a valid point, but I'm also willing to copy look my way there. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. I can't matter. say comic book tonight. Jesus Christ. It's just coming out comic book. It, it doesn't matter which one. Came <laughs> first. It's just a come funny thought. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally It's funny, but no, I, I'm. it makes no sense. In the scene. For what you're saying, for how do they animate it, no, I, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I don't get that at all. And for our current times, when he's standing in that little bubble that's supposed to be the atom that his dad created and he's trying to figure out how to actually manufacture it, it kind of looks like he's sitting in the middle of a COVID-19 gene. It or, does. Yeah. If you put little red dots on all yeah, like yeah, the blue yeah, dots, yeah. he's sitting in COVID. Oh. He's sitting in COVID. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> He's self-isolating inside of the virus. It's Can't. the safest place you can be. The safety is inside the virus. Oh my Tony God. Stark is like, if you can't beat them, become them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should probably talk a little Robert Downey Jr., I suppose. I did say one of the yeah. best things in the movie is Gwyneth Paltrow. We haven't gotten to her yet. We'll save her for last. Um <sighs> I think Robert Downey is just so happy that his career is taking off again. His performance throughout was fantastic. It was on point. Whether or not yeah. I liked what was going on, he was very fantastic. good at doing what he was doing. Yeah. Fantastic. Like as both drunken, 
I took a hit. I didn't. I thought I was untouchable, and I took a hit loud and publicly. People saw me take a hit, mm-hmm. and he's all sad and depressed. He's great as that when he gets his confidence back, and he's trying to like slowly meek his way back to to Pepper with a box of strawberries that she's deathly allergic to. He nails that. <laughs> Which again, I want to meet someone in real life who's actually deathly allergic to strawberries. I know I had a friend who couldn't taste strawberries. It's just, it's a thing. I've noticed it in movies. It's a thing. Oh no, you gave them strawberries. They're about to die. Mm. I am deathly allergic to snozberries. Oh. Pfft. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard chew. someone rolling their eyes. Hey, I'm a dad. I'm allowed to do this stuff. Um, oh no, I'm on board. I loved it. <laughs> uh. But there's not really much else to say about him because he's great. He's great. The same thing with Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle had, uh, I was going to say big shoes to step in. I'll just rephrase to, he had shoes to step in. Terrence Howard was yeah. good in the role. I thought he, I thought he, him and uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s chemistry, I thought was more noticeable in Iron Man than in Iron Man 2. But throughout the rest of the MCU, he and Don Cheadle's chemistry is yeah. fucking perfect. But I thought in the first movie, I'm like, no, Terrence Howard was a better choice. It's that one situation where, like, normally I'd, I'm like always kind of groaning when there's like recasting, and that when I first heard about it, it was like, oh, they've cast someone else, Don Cheadle. And now going back, I was like, Don Cheadle is Rhodey. And then it's I have so to re- remind myself so that it was better. Terrence Howard. Don Cheadle really, really showed up as Rhodey and as War Machine. He did. And although the first time I watched it, and actually every time I go back to it, I don't think him and Robert Downey's chemistry is on point yet. I think they're just a little out of sync, and I think they get there over the course of the movies. But this one, I just don't think, I didn't buy their lifelong friendship like I did him and Terrence Howard. Oh, yeah. It's, it's fun, though, to see it start here after having all the other Marvel movies, having seen them all, because it's like, I can see that spark. I can see, like, hey, give them another movie. And they're gonna have it. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna lock. And it's gonna be perfect. Yeah, and it gets there. It absolutely does. It, it, he didn't have the instant on screen chemistry like he did with uh, um, I'm forgetting his name now. Mark Ruffalo. Like the second he and Mark Ruffalo got on screen together, like oh wow, these two are great together. But they got there. And by okay. the time they are at Iron Man three, it's like oh no, I totally buy Don Cheadle and Robert Downey Jr. are best friends in life and as these characters. In life. In life. Um, <laughs> But really quick before we start moving into the end of this uh, this week and this month, we got to say something about Gwyneth. Gwyneth. I will boldly declare my favorite performance of Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts is Iron Man 2. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I don't know if it's my favorite. I have to rewatch Iron Man 3, I guess. I I think I've seen two the least out of the trilogy of Iron Man movies. Uh, three, she's just not in it enough. And when she oh. is, they just gave her those weird superpowers that they just didn't want to do anything with. So they retcon it at the end of the movie. Yeah, I've always they, been annoyed at yeah, that. They just didn't do a lot with her character. And I feel like she kind of knew that. Um, yeah. And, and she doesn't even movie, remember her turn was, in uh, the Spider-Man one. <laughs> yeah. The first movie, she was very reserved and trying to play the assistant, the very prim and proper assistant. assistant. And this movie where she's got to be her sarcastic, normal self and an important part of the story. So I think she had the most to chew on and she gave the best performance, and I think it all just kind of comes together wonderfully in Iron Man Two. Yeah. She's good throughout. I, don't... I think she does a wonderful job trying to, being a human while also trying to be a CEO. Yeah, like one of the best moments is when you know they're all hackering it, 
And she's on her screen talking to Tony's screen going, you were dying? When were you going <laughs> to tell? Was... I was going to tell you. What? When were you going to yeah. tell me? Oh, I was, was going to make you an omelet and tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great, what a great, like, you know, that's the fun thing is like that gets paid off. Like like later in in all the like Avengers ones, it's it's so cool that yeah. this and, is kind of a foundation for that, and, I, and I, it was that, fun to see. I loved it before that when she's just telling Hammer to go away, <laughs> just just step back, just just step back or whatever. I forgot exactly what she said. But I think you got it right. She's very because there, there she's she's the CEO there, and then the next shot she's the like the caring woman i suppose the caring wife or love interest because they're not even are they even girlfriend boyfriend in this not to movie? The end of the movie not to the end of the movie yep. their relationships not labeled they're into each other they're into each other but for some <laughs> reason they just don't act on it i think the relationship was weird i think i don't know i don't know either. it's fine it worked uh so let's move into favorite parts Favorite parts. If we can try to keep them to Scar Joe, I would prefer it. But if it didn't happen to be your favorite part, that's okay. Uh, luckily, mine does. Uh, and it's the MacGuffin thing that I just I wanted to talk about. And I, I couldn't fucking deal with it. But the entire scene in the donut shop where she finally gets gets to be Natasha Romanoff, I think is my favorite part of the movie. Uh, I think it's a great scene. I, I think her performance is great in it. I love that like Tony Stark is both like, totally fine with it and a little shocked but also just like now nah, whatever fuck it like i just i like the character development there i hate that it's a shooting shoot in scene to try to hey avengers is coming guys i hate all that but i do like her and everything else in it i think it's a really cool scene and at the same time i hate it it's like both my least favorite <laughs> and my favorite so uh, yeah i always think about i it, can see that that had to be my choice i like the scene in pepper's office when She's leaving and she's like telling him to get out of the house. And then she's like, and you will be collected. Just the way she delivers that line, I think is great. You can leave a or lot, you can be collected. There's a lot of contempt in that line. She does not like Tony. She passed it really well. Uh, last but not least. Uh, um, I suppose what we mentioned earlier, the boxing thing, just that whole setup. And even you spoke about the, the the parts that were compelling about it just she plays it so well the, the comedic timing is great her and happy uh, yeah have great chemistry and it just plays out really well and just the fact that <laughs> the tony stark conversation with pepper Potts is happening like off to the side and i like when they do that when there's those those like two things going on and one of them just gonna exp- like something's gonna happen in one of them and yeah i like tony's reaction to it but yeah, just that sudden, like, I'm actually more skilled than you think I am. Ha ha. That's just funny to me. And they're, they're just just to reiterate one last time before we move into double features, the fact that we had anything nice to say about this movie, the way that it was made, speaks volumes to how talented John Favreau can be as a director. As a director. Yeah. Um, so double features this week might be a little tough. What would you be watching with Iron Man 2? Um, I got one, and it's and it's one to maybe soften the blow of Iron Man two, and it's the original Hulk, with Eric okay. Anna. So, go go from <laughs> dog Hulks to you know ScarJo and Tony Stark, and you know it's it's not so bad. 
Okay. Uh, I'm going to go in a completely different direction, and it's a horrible movie. So I'm going to tell you to watch this one first, and then watch Iron Man 2. It'll make it a little bit better, but we're going to stay on theme. And we're going to go for the classic film that I'm sure all of you have seen, Shaquille O'Neal's Steel. Really? Yep. I want two Iron Man movies. Oh, boy. (laughs) Clever. Steel is actually an awesome character. I've never seen the movie. The movie is horrible. Well, because Shaquille O'Neal can't act. He is. He's Kazam, though. I rewatched Kazam. I I walked out on you rewatching Kazam. I was able to finish Kazam. That says how bad those other two movies were. Uh... Watch. Contact. God, no. <laughs> uh, no. Um, the other movie with Mickey Rourke in it. The Wrestler? No. You know he's acted in more than like two movies, right? Yeah, I know. I'm trying to remember Barfly? the name of it right now. The Expendables. We, we saw it together in theaters. We saw it together in theaters. The Immortals. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. Okay. Tarzan. <laughs> just, to, just to see something completely different. Oh, that is completely different. So you can see the exact opposite of a Marvel movie. So then this will seem like a lot better of a Marvel movie yes, than it, it actually is. You get to watch Mickey Rourke fight Superman. Yeah. And I think some dogs. I don't remember. It's been a long time since we watched The Immortals. We watched it once in theaters and then never again. Should we watch it? <laughs> I did not like it. You should. It. No, you didn't. <laughs> that was the movie where I walked out and went, you know what? I don't think I'm a big fan of Tarzan. I think he makes some of the most gorgeous movies ever put on screen, but I don't think they're very good. <laughs> this movie's not very good. No, Iron Man 2 isn't very good. But I had a lot of nice so things. So watch the two of them together. Yeah, I had a lot of very nice things to say about Scarlett Johansson in the beginning of this episode. Yeah. And then I got meaner. <laughs> but not as mean as I've been to other movies. I've been way meaner to well, movies. We've been, we've been very mean to some movies. Yes, we have. Some movies that I even kind of like. Ooh. <laughs> So our final wrap-up, as we like to do at the end of these months now, I'll leave it open for one question. Uh, instead of saying, like, what have we learned about Scarlett Johansson, like, what's your feeling on Scarlett Johansson now? Um, because I don't think that we did the best job actually going through her career, so I don't think we can really answer that question. Mm-hmm. So I will ask, what has been your favorite thing about studying Scarlett Johansson for a month? Her face. That's an actual solid answer. Because she's very good at emoting. Yeah. Even when she's a mouth breather and girl with a pearl earring or mm-hmm. she's kind of got her mouth open a lot and uh, under the skin too, but not as like a parent, but just, it's kind of like one of the reasons why I love Ryan Gosling as well. Like I would say that him and her, I know it's a weird to compare them in this deduction, but they can express so much through their eyes. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why everyone loves Scarlett Johansson so much and why she's so beautiful is because you almost know what she's thinking just looking at her eyes. Yeah. Whether like could take away her cheeks, her mouth, her hair, everything. She's so expressive. She never needed Tyra Banks to tell her to smile with her eyes. She was born that way. <laughs> like she's just so good. Yeah. There's a reason she's a movie star. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh I would say my, my favorite thing about Studying Scarlett Johansson for this, other than just getting to watch a bunch of you know movies with a pretty lady in it, uh, it, it's kind of on the same vein of where Chewie was going. I really, really appreciate and really enjoyed seeing her range. So like yeah. even when the movies weren't the best, say like Rough Night, she was still great in them. 
Like you could see her range and just the versatility that she has as an actor. And it's just, it's constantly impressive. Yeah. Even like, I I didn't mention it um, in the, where have you been doing, or where have they been doing? I watched like the first half of the prestige last night. Uh, I didn't bring it up because I didn't finish it. She's still great in that doing something totally different than every other, every other character she's played. Yeah. Totally different. Still great. Uh, John, what about you? Um, It's kind of, it goes kind of hand in hand with something that, I've been finding very interesting in general about uh, our month of filmmakers in just seeing uh, how different people work with them. It's it's one thing with like, you know, Dee Dee Allen and editing and the director she worked with and how they have that relationship, Joe Dante and the types of movies he makes. But with Scarlett Johansson, it was interesting to see each of these movies, how the directors approached using her as an actress and what they did well or what they didn't do well, or if they squandered her talents or use them. It was very interesting to kind of see this, like see her travel through different directors and get a sense of what they were kind of going for. I don't know. I I found that very interesting and what made this month really fun to participate in. Yeah. And and, uh, it'd be really interesting if you get a chance for maybe another upcoming where they've been doing, uh, if you're able to watch chef with uh, Scarlett Johansson, because just for those who don't remember, we can do anybody we've studied for where they've been doing. Um, So if one of the other, one of the upcoming months you want to do chef, it'd be a really interesting comparison to just see how good she is just working with John Favreau. Like with him as a director, she gives amazing performances. Like she can just work well with him. It's, it's really, I totally agree with you. I think it's a really interesting thing about her. Um, so let's move into uh, a quick preview of the next month. Uh, what's, <laughs> what's next month, Chewy? What, like, what is the actual month? Like, what what is it going to be? May. <laughs> that worked out so much better than I thought it would. <laughs> Justin Timberlake month is here, everybody. It's going to be May. It's going to uh, be May. <laughs> and it's going to be great. It's, so we have four movies on the docket for the, uh, for the month of May. Uh, three firm movies one wishy-washy <laughs> we might swap it out with uh with a romantic comedy because he has made those and we we have a very serious month ahead of us um so in no specific order as of yet even though i do have an order on a calendar we have alpha dog we have social network we have in time and <laughs> southland tales southland tales is the one that might go away and it's not because it's a bad movie i haven't seen it and chewy is I've promised Chewie that I will watch it. Yes. And if I haven't said that yet, I will say it clearly online. I promise <laughs> Chewie that I will watch it, do it. Just like I've been watching Grimm. It might take me a time to get around to it, but I will do <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, well, and I'm a witness, too, so yep. it's, it's solidified. So it will happen. John also still has to watch it, whether or not it's official. I'm not making any promises. No, he, <laughs> do it, John. He, it is so worth it. He does not have to if we're not doing his official episode. The only reason ah. that it might get swapped out is we just need to see how much he's actually in it. He is the narrator but I'm not sure, and I know he has a scene in it, but if that's it, is narrator and one scene. I honestly don't remember enough. We might swap out for Friends with Benefits, uh, but we'll see. So we're going to kind of, we do a little research into that one, but the other three are very set in stone. Those are happening, which again, Social Network, In Time, and Alpha Dog. Uh, Oof, Alpha Dog I is can't wait. Dog, dog, dog. Alpha Dog is where I fell in love with him as an actor, and I went, he's good. Like, I'm not being ironic here. He's legitimately good. I'm so surprised right now. Plugs. Pluggity. Plug, 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 plug. Plugs. 
uh, hhpod.com for all of our articles and all of our podcasts, which includes such fun things as Corona cartoons. We just had one of our biggest episodes ever where we did Batman the Animated Series. And next week, uh, this upcoming Monday, we are doing a sequel to that episode where we are bringing Ben back from that. And we're going to talk about Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, and then be sure to check out Tuesdays. We have Samwise on Wednesdays. We have a show that John will talk about in a second. Thursday is us. And Friday, we have Damage Boost. And that is everything for me. I'm sure Chewie would like you to watch Superstore. Yes, watch Superstore. And John? Yeah, uh, Demon Days, the actual play podcast with a focus on fiends and the friends who play them. Uh, yeah, you'll probably have heard it by now when this comes out, but we've switched over to our you know pandemic like online recording. And uh, yeah, it, it's a, a new system. And we're still having the same amount of fun. We're just uh, you know learning as we go. You're being responsible. You're staying alive. Those tieflings got to stay alive. I got a bullywug that wants to talk about them every week. That means they are social distancing. And they can still run amok just, you know, six feet apart. Yeah. Although that tiefling, that infernal blood, that might cook all disease out of them anyway. So, but still, they shouldn't be near other people around diseases anyways, because their skin could still carry it and... If you know, you've never listened to the show, those tiefling are thirsty as fuck. They are not social distancing. <laughs> no, they are not. And I, I can't, I, it's, I can't control it. <laughs> We've all seen Demolition Man. You just need to put on some headsets and get in some nice robes and sit across from each other. And to say goodbye this week, I will just say this phrase. I have never seen Demolition Man. What? What? I made you, I didn't make you watch that. If you guys aren't going to bed tonight.